Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. Welcome back to the Dental Head Start podcast. My name is Graham, and this week I had the opportunity to speak with Dr. James Tran. James and I have a chat about CPD and everything surrounding it, costs, perspectives, treatment, and he really opens up about his experiences. James has taken an extensive number of courses over his eight years of working as a general dentist, from general dentistry to orthodontics and implants. Choosing the right course for you isn't easy, and hopefully after this chat you feel like you have a bit more clarity around what might be a good choice for yourself. James tells us what makes good CPD good and what we should look out for when searching for courses and where we should look for courses and how. Enjoy this episode with Dr. James Tran. I suppose I was just scrolling through Facebook a few years ago and I saw a guy called William B. Williams and his uh, catch line was, I build $10,000 a day uh, as a dentist. And of course, that got me curious. And I joined his little Facebook group and essentially his um, message was, he did everything, not just general dentistry. He did orthodontics. He did implants. He did everything. And uh, at the time, I was just doing general dentistry. Um, I was happy where I was. But also at the same time, uh, I was working in rural in rural uh, Queensland and I knew I had to move back to Sydney to be friends and family. And I, as we all know, in the big cities, it's a bit more competitive and I needed to learn a bit more skills outside of general dentistry anyway. So I thought, okay, this is this would be nice to learn some new skills. Uh, eventually, I would like to own my own practice or uh, be part of a uh, part ownership of practice. And to be able to do that, I, um, I get the general vibe that you need to know how to handle most aspects of dentistry if you're a dentist uh, or if you're working alone so that's where that's where um my i guess um i guess that's where my my motivation came from i just really wanted to start learning everything so that i could eventually uh do everything as a dentist and i just kind of fell in love with the process of doing all this cpd um because when i started doing cpd you real like i realized there's a lot I really don't know, and it just got me curious to learn more and more. Um, and I'm still going. You know, I'm still going right now with my implants. Uh, so it's a it's a big journey, uh, I would say. Um, the learning never stops, does it? It doesn't stop. <laughs> it doesn't stop, and it really makes you poor. Uh, but you, you just got to be careful uh, with what you spend your money on. Uh, you got to make sure it's a good quality course. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point to make, James. And and what do you find makes good CPD good? I would say, um, obviously, you have to look at reviews uh, to make sure 
people have been happy about it. I suppose the more of you to see the the better it is. Um, most CPD nowadays that I pick, I would like to see a hands-on component. So um, whether it's been author, I would like to have seen patients live so I can practice or uh, under guidance. If it's implants, I would like to be able to have the chance to place implants on patients under supervision. Um, if it's crown work or fillings, you know, I can still practice in, in my day-to-day or on models, just whatever has a hands-on component. I think that really helps solidify any knowledge that you're taught during any CPT course. Um, that's a, probably a big vital part that I, I, I think is an essential when you're looking at CPD. Um, and the hands-on component on patients, weekend courses as well, they're not as good as, I suppose, like longer um, longer term CPT that go over many months because, you, uh, you know, with the weekend you come in, um, you learn a bit of information and then you go and you might do a little bit of hands-on, but it's always better to come back, you know, after a few months and just reinforce those skills or build upon what you've learned at the previous weekend or the previous week, um, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's um, maybe a common pitfall of a weekend warrior course i say that with quotations in that after doing a weekend implant course you feel like you're ready to take on whatever case but in reality that might not be the smartest thing because you only have a a snippet of information You, you, you get a little taste right you get a little taste and then and then you think oh maybe it's not for me but maybe it is for you but you just haven't had really a real chance to delve to delve into it um so I reckon if you're going to dive into something, just fully dive into it and, and you really know if you really want to fully go forward with it or not. There's no harm in, okay, you're going to spend a bit of money doing a CPT, but at least you know you might not have, want to do that for the rest of your career. You might want to do some root canal courses and then you realize, I really don't like root canals. That's fine. Um, uh, just refer your root canals out and, and you'll be fine as long as you've try to do the, the course, you know how to explain to the patients, okay, this is how root canal is or this is how an implant is. Um, at least you can talk to your patients about that. So, James, you've done uh, obviously a lot of courses. I know you've done things in ortho and implants, which seem to be two main avenues of CPD that a lot of people want to take. That's true. Yeah, a lot of people do like doing. I think that's one of the big courses that a lot of people do. They do a lot of author or they do a lot of implants um a lot of clinicians that i speak to they usually start with the implant routes and then later they want to do ortho um or the ones who do ortho first they're a bit afraid to do the surgical side of things so they'll do the ortho first and then maybe come later to uh implants um i suppose from the people I've spoken to who've done the implants first, they've done that because you kind of get a, a faster return on investment because, you know, you do the course and you spend the amount of money, but afterwards you can probably sink an implant um, and then wait, you know, three, six months or however long it is uh, and, and restore it. Whereas with the ortho case, you got to wait 18 months, 24 months and, you got to start with really easy ones too. And, and 
when you calculate the um, the time you spend planning an author case and the time you spend with the patients doing uh, recalls um, and reviews, uh, the return on investment isn't as uh, rewarding, I suppose, when you're looking at a financial point of view as implants. But then on the other side, with ortho, it, it it's it's a, it gives you a more holistic view of dentistry. That's what I, sorry, it gives you a more holistic view of dentistry because you, when you're seeing ortho, you can see okay where I can put the teeth in position first before I do implants. Uh, whereas if you stick an implant in, this implant stuck in there, you can't move it around if you decide to do ortho afterwards. Um, but that's the route I went through. I went through ortho first. Um, but everyone's different. You do whatever uh, pleases you. But I think you need a balance of both to 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 be good all around as a clinician. It's 2022 a time where cloud-based software is enhancing every aspect of our lives. So why not leverage those same capabilities in something we use every day, our dental practice management software. Imagine a platform rethought from the ground up, intuitive and intelligent, using the possibility of today's technology for your patients and your business. A solution that optimizes our daily workflows creating the edge that modern dentists need to stay competitive and connected. Principal practice management software is this solution. Efficient, intelligent, intuitive. Because it's 2022 and you expect better. Go to principal.dental to learn more. talking about investing into these courses because it is an investment and you have to think about how much money you want to spend on these things um you know how much these courses cost when they have a hands-on component or a surgery on patients when you know a course you're going to be benefiting from it and kind of giving you access to starting to place implants or do ortho cases um, and you know a course is expensive should you think about delaying taking it and saving up some money or is there other ways of approaching taking expensive courses? You know, with these expensive courses, it's a big decision and, you know, it's like buying a car. You're going to shop around, look at different cars. You're going to look at how other people rate the cars. If it's a new course, it's much harder to determine if you're going to be like the first intake. You're looking at the person, you're looking at the speaker, you're looking at the past cases. Um, you really, you're really joining a course based on whoever's presenting the course um, and what you want out of it. You know, some courses are targeted to beginners, and you just want, if you're just an absolute beginner, and that course appeals to you, then okay, maybe if that uh, is, you know, say, if you want to do um, a real beginners course and have the comments for you placing an implant, then so be it. Uh, if you want to do a more advanced course and that appeals to you, then uh, of course you're going to take the one. But it, it really depends on the speaker and what they can offer you. Um, and if you put value on that, then you're going to spend money on that. And the speakers know that too. That's why they charge so much um, for that information. Um, but, you know, it, this is dentistry. And everybody wants to learn author. Everybody wants to learn implants, and 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 so and 
you're trying to learn from these gurus who are in private practice building a lot and they're taking time off work to teach you and you know they need to be rewarded themselves for putting the slides together putting the content together uh so yeah they're expensive but you know it's worth it wins it's a win-win both sides both ways you let you get to learn from the best and 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 they get rewarded and and they enjoy teaching as well it's it's what they that's why they get into it you know it's a bit rewarding for them as well so just eat some some ramen noodles a couple of days a week. Should be good, eh? Ramen and McDonald's and nuggets. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what kind of research do you do when you're searching for courses? DPR, Facebook. How do you go about searching for uh, reviews or feedback on courses? Don't believe the reviews you see on DPR. Um. If you see a one or two reviews, you know, just be skeptical because you only see positive reviews on DPL or any other review websites. Um, you have to find out whoever's done that course and reach out to them privately and then ask them about how they really felt about the course. And, and that's how you really find out what's what's going on uh, in order to find a good course. You know, um, this is one particular course. I was thinking about doing, I didn't end up doing it because it was interstate and I, and I couldn't go travel. But then I met someone who actually did that course. And despite all the positive online reviews, uh, this person said they were very quite disappointed uh, in the course. And I was very surprised going, oh, I thought this was a really nice course. You need to be hands on and blah, 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 blah. And all the reviews on TPR were really good. But he was like, nah, complete rip off. So just really dig around and investigate before you commit to a course. That's what, that's what I would say. Um, for me, for the re more recent courses that I have been to, you know, I think what they've been doing now that I'm thinking about it, these people who, uh, you know, offer the larger courses, they will often offer a, uh, you know, those one hour webinars, or one hour free short clips on some information, you know, or they might invite you to to sit in one of the uh, courses, not one of the courses like the weekend, but like a one hour session, like a Zoom or something like that. And then you can see their presenting style. You can see how the other students are. Um, and if that kind of present say, if that kind of presentation style vibes with you, then that's probably something you should run with. And that's probably how I, I, I got into my current implant courses. That's how I probably got into my, um, my author courses as well. Cause I just had a little sample of, um, these free snippets of the, of the presenter contents. So of the presenters webinars or free sessions live, and I think, oh, they've got a message to to give, uh, and I, and that resonates with me. So, I think I will sign up to their courses, and 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 most of the time, it's been pretty good. Like, uh, uh, I've been pretty happy with all the courses I've I've been to. Cool. So you actually go and seek out the company specifically and wait for them to maybe have some kind of snippet or teaser of something and then kind of determine yourself along with reviews on on deciding if it would be worth it for you or not 
yeah, I'll seek him out. I'll find him on Instagram. I'll find him on Facebook if they've got a Facebook group, uh, webinars, YouTube videos, whatever they got. Um, and 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 I'll, I'll just soak up all, of the, all that free information, uh, email lists, and, and then, you know, usually I'm um, – I'm pretty convinced that, okay, I'm waiting for it, for them to release a course. That's what the next logical step is, and they'll do that course uh, and, and and soak up as much information as I can during the course. As much as you can. As much as I can. <laughs> as dentists and dental students, we all have difficult days. You may experience workplace or training demands that have a direct impact on your physical, emotional and psychological health and well-being. This is exactly what dental practitioner support is for. It's a completely confidential and independently run service that's funded by the Dental Board of Australia in an effort to support practitioners and dental students right across the country. Sometimes people call just at the end of a long day to debrief. Sometimes they call because there's more challenging things going on. Dental practitioner support is there for you in these times to give proactive advice, help you improve your health and well-being before there are major concerns. We all need a helping hand sometimes and it's okay to ask for help. So if you find you need it, call 1-800-377-700 or visit the website dpsupport.org.au. They have loads of great information to get you started. James, do you find YouTube is a good place for CPD or for learning? I can't say no because I have learned myself from uh, from YouTube. You know, I, I I've learned uh, the basics of um, crown lengthening um, with the burr, and uh, you know, I had to watch many many videos, and then I I watched a colleague do uh, crown lengthening at, at, at work. And then, you know, I didn't have to take a, take a CPD for that. I just, we just did that. So uh, I did a crown lengthening for a patient and it worked out well. Um, doing my, converting from traditional crown preps to, you know, the more conservative onlay preps. You know what I mean? There's like, there's bonded ones. There's non-retentive bonded uh, crown lays. That was all a bit of YouTube, a lot of Instagram. Um, I had to, um, I had to do my own research on PubMed just to read the papers, just to make sure I've got the protocols right. Um, so you can learn things without having to do CPD. You know, CPD is just really a structured way of having all that research presented nicely on some slides um, for people who are too lazy to do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lazy. Um, but if you're motivated, <laughs> if you're motivated enough and you're tired us enough, then you can learn anything from from research, honestly. But it's just where do I go to research? Like, what do I look out for? Um, it, maybe it's better to learn from a clinician who's actually gone through it all and learnt the mistakes, so that you don't have to make those mistakes. You know, when I first graduated eight years ago, of course there was no Instagram; it was just Facebook. And, um, and and Dental Town, um, which wasn't much for, for someone like me. Well, Dental Town was like an online forum, right? And But that was just like American-based. And then more recently, uh, Instagram, YouTube. Of course, there are some things you gotta, uh, you got to be wary of. You just got to 
be more exposed to it and, and be open to those new ideas and then find a patient who, who's willing to, to try out what you want to try out, give it a go if it works or not in your hands. If it works, it works. Do you tell that patient that it's your first time doing it? I'll tell the patient this is – I'll give them – I'll tell them this is something new I'm going to try and if it doesn't work, we'll just go back to the old traditional way. So that was my first – when I first did the overlays – uh, non-retentive preps, I would tell a patient, this is something new. It's more conservative. We're going to try it out. Look, if it doesn't work, we'll just go back to the traditional full crown PFM prep that I was go- I was going to do anyway. And and the patients are really happy to, to try that out anyway. And some will go, oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll go the old traditional way that works. That's fine, you know. Uh, but eventually it got to the point where I'm now regularly doing those kind of preps now, and it's much easier. I'm much happier for it. James, out of all the courses that you've taken, is there any uh, that stick out to you the most that you feel like you've learned the most from? I would say, I think going back a few years, maybe four, three or four years ago, before all the drama, uh, this is uh, Lincoln Harris's course, um, the Ripe Global Fellowship. Um, because this is when I was, uh, uh, you know, this is when Lincoln Harris was constantly posting on DPR and, and I was going, oh, I want to be a, as, as fast as him doing preps. I want to be, I want to have nice preps and I want to do like full mouth cases and stuff. I was just doing single tooth dentistry. And so I was, this was a big investment back then. It was about 20, back then it was about 20 something K um, and it was live. This was uh, I think I was the second last year that was live before he changed over to um, fully online. So at the time, we were just prepping and doing the work. And like during that year, I just felt like, okay, I'm prepping, I'm prepping, I'm learning. But it probably wasn't until maybe it's not like, it's not like a golden bullet. Like like the next day I'm, I'm doing magic um, fast preps with big treatment plans. It was more like a slow build up. Okay, now I'm doing now I'm doing quadrant dentistry after a few months, after a year or two. Now I'm talking to the patients more confidently about full mouth treatment plans. I can discuss those big cases, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand cases. Whether the patient accepts or not, it doesn't matter, but at least I can talk confidently about those cases to those patients. So I found that course was probably like a really good for me because because it was good for me because that in itself, you know, it, it addresses a lot of the foundational general dentistry for me anyway. And general dentistry for me is still a lot of my work. It's at least like 50, 60, in like 70% of my work. So being able to do that efficiently and, and predictably, I would say, was a big step up for me. So, but now, but now I think I'm happy with where I am in my restorative. I can move on to ortho and implants. In terms of ortho, uh, the two ones that stand out to me, the two courses were the EODO, Derek Mahoney. The content's really good, but the way he presents, sometimes it's a bit... um, you know, it's a, he's always changing slides, so it's a bit confusing at times. 
Yeah, that's the honest truth. But what I really like about the EADO course is the hands-on. So you get to go to his clinics and you get to practice on the patients. Uh, however, it is only strict to how he practices orthodontics. So I, I also learned from um, another person, Kenneth Lee, and he runs the I Dent course. And that's more like, that's also very airway kind of focused, uh, but still kind of, still evidence-based. Those courses really changed the way I looked at children breathing uh, orthodontics as a general thing. The next course for ortho that I'm going to do is probably the EODO clear aligner course next year or the year after because everyone wants to do clear aligners. Nobody wants to do fixed orthodontics anymore, you know. In terms of implants, I would say the I'm actually doing two implant course streams at the moment. One is the – because I wanted hands-on. I really wanted hands-on. And the course that stood out to me was the Australasian Implant Academy course because it has a big hands-on week-long for beginners. It's targeted straight for be- only for beginners. And so I signed up for that. I did that last year. So you had to do the one-week prerequisite. And then so you could do the one-week hands-on. Uh, the one-week um, didactic was really compressed, you know, and I still came out a bit confused. We had some hands-on the models, but I guess in terms of theory, I wasn't really confident yet. But when it came down to the hands-on live live patient, I was still a bit nervous before we all started. Everyone was a bit nervous because a lot of us hadn't, you know, a lot of us never had put in, placed an implant. And, you know, the patient's, knew we were students, they knew they were under supervision. Uh, but by the end of the week, everybody was just raving. Everyone was so uh, much more confident, not in just like putting implants, but also planning the implants because like, that's what I want to learn. I want to know how to plan the implants on my own. I want to know how, that I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing it properly. Um, so for that, that was really good for me. Uh, and I've decided to keep going with the AIA program. Um, the other stream of implants I'm doing is the ACDP one. That's with Christopher Ho. Um, I've just started that one. And that's, I suppose, from the people I've been speaking to at the course, they, they've chosen it because it seems more structured because it's a, it's a graduate diploma program. So they've had to, you know, plan everything and, beforehand so you've got um you've got to present some cases you've got to do your own cases uh you've got two weeks of uh, i guess didactic uh and it seems to be well so far i am only it's just started but so far it seems really good as well in terms of knowledge it's always good to have you know two or three different points of views not just one point of view uh with with anything you're learning so i'm, I'm getting i'm learning a lot from both i would say i'm pretty happy with those choices in, in courses Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.